Hello, I'm John Ellis. This is episode six of Cows Not Cow, how to make your networking really work. The show designed to take you from zero to hero in the business networking world. Now, I am not a networking expert. In fact, I'm not any kind of expert. That's why you should stick around because in the next few minutes, I will undoubtedly prove there is no such thing as a stupid question again. Uh, by asking pretty much everything that you've ever wanted to know, but may have been afraid to ask yourself. You really need to have a listen to our previous shows because here's what we've done so far. We've looked at a theoretical networking event, could be online or in person, and we've taken you through how to prepare beforehand, held your hand during the event, told you what to do, how to stay in touch after the event to further enhance those connections you've made that could prove useful in the future. Most importantly, We've taken all those fears, inhibitions, reluctances, and awkward moments you may have experienced previously or are scared may happen to you, and we've solved every single one of those issues one by one, which is why, as I say, it's really worth getting into our back catalogue of shows. You'll find all of those on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Whatever you do that, we are there. Just search Cows Not Cow. That's Cows Not Cow to find us. Please feel free to rate and review us, but only if it's five-star stuff, anything less, don't bother. Uh, and make sure you subscribe as well. And that way, once you're all caught up, you'll get our fresh new episodes every week. And after all that, here's where we are at episode six with our expert in the field of networking, someone who's made their living through it, Andrew Smith of Aberdeen Business Network, the man responsible for our show. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. Good to see you again. And you. Now, as I mentioned, that we've traveled a fair distance in our first few episodes from novice network to someone with all the tips and hacks to become absolutely accomplished in the networking environment. We, we've tackled before the event, during the event, and after. Where are we going next? What will we left out? For this episode, I'm, I'm keen to explain that as well as the, the good networking prep uh, at the events and the effective follow up. Our networks also need ongoing work and, and nurture to be effective. So I'd like to cover today that networking is forever, which is not nearly as scary or deep or <laughs> profound as you may think. Uh, how to build relationships after the initial post-event follow-up. Meeting in person, uh, which is, of course, on its, on its way back. The importance of attending more events to demonstrate that, that social media is great for keeping relationships going. It isn't something that we should leave out. It doesn't get in the way of good networking. Quite the opposite. And to answer the question, how long it takes to develop a great, mutually beneficial relationship. Okay, so at the top of your list, networking is forever, not as scary as it sounds. I sat down and I thought to myself, well, it shouldn't be scary because I know now what to do in pretty much every networking eventuality here. What's scary? And then I thought, well, if it's an ongoing process, how many other networkers and relationships am I going to be nurturing here? I'll be at this all day, every day. I'll be honest, this is the same thing that puts me off gardening, Andrew. So how, how do we nurture all these connections continually? Yeah, I believe that that bit is quite scary. It was something I realised over the years as I built my own network and spoke to others that were on a similar networking journey to myself. It's great to have that, that contact sphere that's growing all the time in both quantity and quality, but it does mean, and it can feel like a pressure some of the time, to then make sure that we're, we're giving that the, the time and the weight that it's, that it, and the attention that it deserves. But this bit is so, is so important that we need to find a way. If we put in, you know, do everything right all the way through the event and we follow up well after the event, it cannot stop there. If we try to develop really good, long-term, 
no like trust relationships. There isn't an end date for them. So it's an ongoing relationship that we want to have. So vital that we put the work in, but also vital that we're aware that yes, the more networking contacts that, that we have, it's going to take up more of our time to keep developing and to give the weight and attention that our contact sphere deserves and to get benefit and give benefit to others as a result. So it's definitely being honest about the amount of time that it's, uh, that it's going to take, but it's trying to get a, get a system in place. I know that's what we're going, to, we're going to run through today. So instead of thinking, wow, we've got so much to do, after an event could be more of a case of, it's been great, the new contacts, now I know what I'm going to do next and keep going. And then I believe it's not quite so, it's not quite so scary. Then we're into the routine of working that system on, a, on an ongoing basis in the same way we want to, to work on any marketing activity, you know, on an ongoing basis. If we want to get results, we've got to do it consistently and I'll happily, you know, share some of, some of my feedback in terms of that system we can all get into. Okay, last time we dealt with uh, following up after the event, perhaps by dropping an email and, and continuing the conversation. How exactly should we continue to build on, on those relationships? What's next? Yeah, the... the as we talked about before, the, the post-event email, you know, especially for anyone with a, a conversation with that's going into any detail at all, especially with new contacts. Linked to that, then is the, the connecting, you know, via you know, via social media, via, you know, via Twitter or LinkedIn. The next stage, then, you know, after that, especially for those that we feel that we've developed, you know, a rapport with, you know, we'd like to take the conversation further. Perhaps the conversation was getting going and somebody else joined the conversation at an event. The next stage from that, you know, is then to look, you know, to, to meet for a, for a chat on a one-on-one -on -one basis. That could be by, by video just now, could be by video in the future, you know, or it could be, you know, could be done face-to-face. -face. So I kind of see that as, it's almost like the biggest group, there could be 30 people at an event, let's say. We maybe chatted to, to 12, of whom we know four, you know, really well, we'll meet them regularly anyway. There's eight that we've, that we've followed up with, and there's perhaps now down to say four, you know, where the rapport was there or there's action points or we need to take the conversation further. And that's when it's right to suggest then do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis where the conversation can flow with, with no one else involved at that stage. Okay, so we come around to, to meeting in person, or as you say, uh, online, which I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. I think we're probably going to have quite a few of these uh, online relationships, especially if, if distance is going to be an issue. Um, I'm wondering if there are do's and don'ts for that. I'm not talking COVID regulations as such, depending on what they may or may not be at the time. We'll, we'll be mindful of them, but more around the lines of, of etiquette to be observed. I mean, for instance, for a first meeting or for that matter, any meeting, you're probably not going to say, oh, I see your office quite close to my place. Why don't you just pop round to the house? You're not going to do that, are you? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it. That, that would be a controversial route to take your, your networking down. The, the first thing is... Uh, if you feel there's a, yeah, a connection or a rapport, there's more to be covered. If you feel that, the chances are the other person's gonna, you know, gonna feel that as well. So it's extremely likely if you suggest a coffee, you know, and to have, or to have a video meeting, they're gonna say yes and vice versa. What I would recommend then in that one-on-one in that -on -one meeting is just, you've got the time, you've got the space, you know, it's just the two of you. Is we just then start to go into a little bit more detail, you know, and you can, you know, ask the questions that you perhaps didn't get the chance to ask at the event, you know, find out a bit more about the other person, their background, their challenges, you know, perhaps the conversation to come away from, you know, away from work, what else they like to do, what, you know, sport, hobbies they're interested in, 
there often isn't the chance to do that. It's maybe two, three, five minutes in a networking event. But when you've got an hour, there's more chance to, to do that. And when it's going to be in person, then we're returning to you know the, the benefits of the body language as well. And the relationships move a, you know, move an awful lot faster as a, as a result. There was one networking contact I had a few years ago, and he talked about there's no such thing as a as a pointless coffee. And I do believe that if both parties think, I don't quite know what the common ground is going to be, but there's something in it. I enjoyed our conversation at the event. Let's take it further. Then the chances are there's going to be yeah, some good to come out of that conversation and good to come out of that relationship. Okay, to know what you think about uh, attending more networking events at this stage. I mean, I know that you're obviously going to be for it in the long run, <laughs> otherwise it'd be a pretty unusual business plan. Um, but, <laughs> but is there a case to be made for uh, attending to the connections that we've made uh, and just doing that thing of nurturing them for a bit before potentially making more connections? Yes, in the same way we would all agree in business that we have to prioritise our existing clients. Yes, of course, we're looking for, for new business as well, for our businesses to, to grow. In networking, it's exactly the same. You know, it's our, it's our best contacts are the ones that we should nurture the most. But, you know, their circumstances will, you know, will change. They might retire, they might move away. You know, all the while we want to have new contacts coming in as well. And the new contacts, we may be able to introduce to our existing contacts as well. The importance of, of networking events and attending networking events regularly is these no like trust relationships that we're trying to develop. They develop more quickly, even if we don't talk for, for that long or even talk at all at an event, it's that familiarity that people like that moves things on all the time. I've heard over the years, some networkers say, yeah, I mean, I don't attend regularly. I just dip in and out or I go every now and then. You dip in and out, you get dip in and out results. You know, that doesn't work. People like that familiarity, they like the, the regular interaction, and that relationship moves more quickly. So I would always recommend that, you know, that regular attendance of events. Once networkers have decided which organization or organizations, events that they're going to, which formats they're attending, of course, it doesn't have to be every single event, but the more we attend, the more consistent that we are, and what better chance to, to meet a whole number of contacts in the one place than by going to networking events and going regularly. You're a big advocate, I know, uh, of using social media to help keep relationships going. What, what's the, the protocol for that? Because again, that could be time intensive and eating to your day, can't it? Yes, it is. It's all part of the, the time and effort we've got to put into to nurturing the relationships. But whereas a networking event, you know, it's got huge benefits, that can be you know, the prep, once they're in person again, it can be the travel, it's the event itself, it's the drive back, it's the follow-up. What we can do on, on social media and via social media timelines on a daily basis takes an awful lot less time than that. It's short burst. And that's why the importance of, of connecting you know, with our network and contacts on the likes of LinkedIn, if they're active on there, their activity comes up in our, in our feed, we see that, and then we can put in a like or a comment you know, or a share and that just shows our interest in them. We see what it is that, that they are doing. So social media can be a, a very time-effective way to develop these relationships, but we must do it regularly. You know, that's why some of the most effective networkers online will say, yeah, it's something that I do you know, first thing every day, or I set aside time at one o'clock, or it's the last thing that I do, or I go to that in the evening. Whatever routine it is that we follow, 
that time where we're interacting with an awful lot of different people in little ways, but we're showing interest all the time. That's vital for good networking and then makes the relationships even better when we see that person at an event or for a coffee. And finally, Andrew, it's, it's kind of that $64,000 question, I suppose. How long does it take to develop a, a sort of great ongoing relationship? How do we know? How can we tell that we've completed that know, like, trust journey from, from both sides of the relationship? I think it's when, when someone that we haven't spent, we may have interacted with in, in small ways, it could have been online, but we've not actually spoken for, for months, maybe years, you know, when they get in touch and say, here's someone that could be of interest to you, or, you know, here's someone you think you should speak to, or I have an introduction for you. And that shows that we've put the time and effort in over the weeks, the months, the years, maybe even the decades, that that relationship has matured. So there's a degree of awareness on, on their part for us and vice versa. But even though we might not be seeing each other regularly for a coffee or regularly at events, we are in their mind somewhere. And that means that then when someone comes up that they can help us with and vice versa, that we can help them with, uh, then we're going to be getting in touch with them. The, if you remember back to the very start, uh, the old bull never set a time limit on how long it takes to fuck all the cows. <laughs> oh dear. Yes, that's that's absolutely true. And I was just thinking as we were going through that that uh, conversation there, the no like trust journey. We hadn't seen each other. You and I hadn't seen each other for quite some time. And I thought, yeah. I wonder if Andrew was interested in doing a podcast. And all of a sudden, here we both are. So yes. um, I guess the question next is, what comes next, Andrew? There's, based on feedback, based on, on recent feedback, but also feedback from networkers over the years, I'm going to go back in a bit more detail and pick out certain scenarios and situations that, that networkers often struggle with and can get the most benefit from if they get it right. So we're going to talk about things like uh, a bit more detail on really good questions to ask, you know, to get conversation flowing, relationships developing, the sort of scenarios that can be challenging, a bit more detail on, on pitching, you know, and how to, to get across what it is we, we do and make that memorable. Some have been asked about quite a bit recently. And also different types of networker. You know, I don't mean to sort of oversimplify, but I think if we're all aware that, there, yes, there can be different types of networker, then that makes can make our networking and interacting with them a lot more effective. I'm Joe Mellis. Thank you for joining us today for Cows Not Cow, how to make your networking really work. If you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. Please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Then you'll get us every week with all the good stuff, the hints and the tips for free, exactly what you want when you need it. And if you'd like to find out more about Andrew, the art of networking, or the networking scene in Aberdeen in Scotland, check out abnworks.co.uk for some more networking blog tips. That's abnworks.co.uk. And you'll find Andrew on LinkedIn as well, where he's always happy to make new connections and chat about people's networking questions, experiences, and challenges. Search Andrew Smith from Aberdeen Business Network on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.